Okay, we got a uh, we got Joe coming in, flows, and now let me add him. You All right, my my good man, what's going on, bro? Man, nothing, man. This was finishing a paper for class. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, but thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Oh man, no problem, not at all. Yeah, man. I got I said earlier before you came on, man. Uh, you know, just explaining why I got you on. Uh, being in this survive week and everything, it's a bit easier for you to come on because you are covering the team now. But I just wanted to let people in on your process of how you got to this position and, you know, what's it meant for you, you know, being uh, a fan and everything at first and, you know, you know, just walking the path that you've walked mm. and get to this spot. You know, I see, I saw, I remember seeing some of your videos at the beginning of the year and, uh, you know, I saw how much it meant to you to be at Soldier Field and uh, on a game day and doing what you were doing. It was pretty cool, man. And, yeah. You know, I want, I'm going to get to some other stuff in regarding representation and stuff in a minute. But, you know, just straight up, uh, you know, first off, you know, what's it been like for you? Let me, let me put I'll put everything in context first. Let me say, you know, uh, Joe is uh, covering the Bears for the Bigs. Know, it's the, our, our homies, this the bigs, Terrence and uh, Eugene. Uh, they put you on. They put you on to this position. You know how did how did that? You know we we know that the bigs have had uh, credentials for the Bears for a while. Mm-hmm. But how did it get? How did you get in this position with them? You know where they uh, were willing to give you those credentials to allow you to cover the games. Man, I'm known. Terrence and Gino for about maybe eight years now. And okay. we told me and my brother Scott, um, who is who I've started Seven Night the Hollis and then Barber Share Network with and all Ambition Pierce, a homie. Shout out. Um, we were just we wanted to cover the games and and, and get uh, a take um on the Bears for some for some black folks from the south side of Chicago. And the only people we knew <laughs> were Terrence and uh and Gino, and we knew them through our homie Larry, who Larry seems to know everyone. And we were just right. starting up our podcast, and because of course we didn't have credentials, I couldn't talk to Nagy or who was that at the time? Was it John Fox? John Fox, yeah. Uh, at the time, um, I didn't have a way to talk to them, so I said, "Let's just talk about it like fans." And I would watch all the Bears games. I would be there for mini camp, you know, where fans were allowed. Um, and I would just re- report basically on the fans' perspective, and they got in touch with us, and they liked what we were doing, so they always mentored us. They said, "Okay, try to do this when you're when you're talking about your podcast. Um, try to you know make sure you're saying the the Bears is them, but you know we're us as our fans." And so they just showed us the ropes, and they helped me get on TV. They just they put opportunity opportunity in front of us because they just wanted to, I you know help res- uh, representation is. Black folks, and then also to give people who are willing an opportunity. So I was covering just from a straight up fans perspective, and they reached uh, reached to me. I want to say early in the year about, hey man, we got so much to cover. I mean, they're credentialed by every Chicago team, literally every single one: the White Sox, the Cubs, the Blackhawks, the Bulls, and the Bears. And they had just too much on their plate. And so they know my first love is football, and they know I love the Bears more than any other team. Uh, and Scott's in L.A., so Scott can't, you know, come to Chicago and cover them. Uh, so they said, man, do you want to cover them for us? And I was like, 
what? You don't even have to ask me. You just said, hey, we got this. I know you want him. I was like, absolutely. I'm absolutely down. Um, and so from then, they've just been teaching me how to do what, you know, basically be a, a, a journalist, be a young journalist. And so it was just them looking out for what I will say, someone under them, someone who is, I'm nowhere near the ladder that they are. And I probably never will be because they've been doing this for five years. Um, and I mean, everyone knows who they are. Well, I'll go up into the Bears. They say, oh, yeah, you know, Terrence. Once I, last week, they thought Terrence was going to be there. And so they had a, a credential with his name on it. And that mm. just showed you how much work they put in. And so they just want to help everybody else out. And so they were just looking out for, for me. And damn, I'm just, I, I feel super lucky. I say that. Yeah, that's, that's what's up, man. And, you know, I, like I said, I've been doing those brothers about the same amount of time, probably about four, five or six years now. And, uh, yeah, they, they're all, that's the mission. That's part of the mission that they're all about. I've had talks with them along those lines. And, you know, we've shared stories about, uh, you know, as, as far as with, uh, with, uh, we are Regal radio, we've been able to get on a couple of cases down to, uh, camp down in, um, in, uh, uh, Burbank. Yeah. But, you know, we haven't been able to get to games. And so we've had, we've, we hit that same wall that, that y'all did with Barber's Chair and with 79th before, where, you know, if you're an independent entity and, you know, you know, you know, you don't, you don't want to put race into it necessarily, but it, it doesn't them. help that, you know, it doesn't help that you're a young black dudes, you know, trying to get on somewhere too, but, you know, you're in that you're in that position. You know, it's only so far that they're gonna give you so much access. And two, like, you know, coaches have, you know, they they're sort of like, uh, you know, they're sort of bullies in that way, or like, you know, uh, you know, they 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 can dictate how much access they give to media. And, and I know yeah. Fox was toward the end of his reign, he got particularly, uh, you know, reclusive about that and. You know, Nagy hasn't been much better. So it's it's been kind of rough over the past couple of years, even getting to camp and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now that they have it on, now that they have camp at Hallis Hall, you know, it's really been restrictive. So, yeah. you know, I, I, to see, you know, the way that the way that you've been able to move and, you know, it was, it was, it was real smart of y'all to get on with the bigs, man, to, to connect with the bigs in that way and to use mm-hmm. them as mentors. You know, I, I really admire that, that, that you guys been able to connect that way, and uh, you know, it's, it's been it's been great to see that you to like say for you to be a fan at one point and now be covering the team. You know, it's really inspiring. And I and you sort of revealed it when when you just said, but I was going to ask, was this the first time that you ever engaged in this in journalism in this way? So I'm guessing this since college, yeah. Oh, since college, you uh, college you did? I did uh, a little bit when I was at Roosevelt because my college <laughs> career is unique. I've done, I've, I have two degrees that I'm not going to use at all. Two experiences <laughs> in college that I'm not going to use at all. Criminal justice and then I use film and video. Um, but like professionally, like as a full career, I didn't use either one. I experienced a little bit of journalism as well. Um, but I, uh, we were doing it all just as, as, as startups, just as straight from the bottom. And so I would watch how I, I've seen when um, uh, uh, Gino got to talk to Derrick Rose, me and my brother watched it. You watched the type of questions that they asked. They weren't uh, yes or no questions. They were open-ended questions. So we just followed and learned. Um, and then we didn't know what channels to hit. Like, okay, how do we get credentials? We've been looking to get credentials for years. 
Um, but we had no clue how. Um, and it's we, we know those people in those yeah. It's hard to get to them. And we know people who have <laughs> who are whites, uh, who I know got it a lot easier than we did. Um, and I mean, is it's still tough for, for Terrence and Eugene? They put Terrence and Eugene through a lot of hassle to get to there mm-hmm. that they are. I think they yeah. said like the Bulls are easier or one of the easier ones, or was it the White, the White Sox or Cubs? One of them, but the Bears are one of the harder ones. Like in the press box, I see two black faces, uh, yeah. including my own, and that's about it. So, yeah, I know they make it harder than it should be. Yeah, and to that degree, I see you. You know, I, I see you, man, on those. Like, I, I watch the Fox post game shows. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about Fox is that they'll show, uh, you know, with this year doing the Zoom conferences and stuff, they actually show unedited the conferences. So they'll show, uh, you know, the guy, the guy from the Bears passing off to each of the reporters mm-hmm. when he had the questions and stuff. And you get to see the reporters. You may you'll see Dion Miller. You see, uh, you know, see Jason Miser. You see, uh, you know the guy from the Tribune and, you know, all these places. And then you pop up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's Joe. Okay. Yeah. And you say Joseph Lewis. Like, okay, that's what's up. So, I mean, it, it, it's – and you're and you're like the only black face that we see in that setting. So yeah. it's significant that you're there, for one. And, you know, and, and, you know just what – for you to – have you have you had any moments now where people see like oh, I saw you on TV or you know I saw you have you had that the moments yet? Uh, I've had a few friends on Facebook. One um, I think texted me a link to um, to YouTube and said, "Is this your voice?" I was like, "Yeah." That's what he's like. I, I can tell your voice anyway. I knew that was your voice. He knew I was doing the podcast. He's like, "Yeah, I knew that was you." I was like, "Yeah, that was me." I felt weird to say that. It felt very weird, but yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. I prefer when they don't show me, but it's, it's it, there's a few times where I, I've looked up and somebody on Twitter was like, "Hey man, they showed you." I said, "Wow, I need to clean my room or something because I'll be sitting here at my house and be like, my room looks terrible. I wish I right, like, yeah. fixed up my office, but it looks like terrible too. So I'm just sitting in my own individual room. But yeah, so it's it's unique for sure. Yeah, that's that's how it is. But you gotta you gotta be more prepared to be seen now. Yeah, you know, it's not just you talking on the mic and you know podcast with you. I started when I had, see. I had like a baby blue do rag on. I said, "Oh Lord, let me take this off. I don't want them to, <laughs> to see. I got a do rag. I ain't gonna never get back on here." <laughs> right. Yeah, has it been you know in person mixing it up with some of? Because I, I remember uh, a couple of years ago talking to Tony Gill with, with his first year with the Bulls. Yeah. And uh, he was, uh, he was like, stricken. Uh, he, he was quite struck with how it was to to interact with some of these people who he'd read for a long time or seen on TV and stuff. And, you know, and, and it was, it was, you know, it, was, it took some adjusting to in, in yeah. being able to, to be in the mix with those people on a day in the day out basis, you know, how has that been for you in regards to the, uh, being now seen as a legit member of the bears media? It was weird because there are people like, um, Jason leisure, Chris Emma, JJ Stankovitz, who I followed on Twitter for 10 years now. I mean, they're like mm-hmm. local celebrities to me. 
And so I say, ooh, let me uh, – I would – during free agency or during the draft, I would put notifications on for all of their tweets just so I could say, okay, who the Bears getting who – so I can get them ahead of the curve and everything. And then when I sit down and I see them, I'm a little starstruck. Like, I'm, I'm not going to act like I'm not. I go there and say, oh, man, that's that's Chris Emma. I just saw his tweets. And so it's it feels like in, in a real sense that I'm in a room with a bunch of, of legends. I mean, some of these dudes have been there who are definitely legends who have been doing it for a long time. Uh, oh, yeah. But in another sense, I I have to act like I belong there. The the one of the I think the toughest things about, and this is just for the few months I've been in. I know it's a lot tougher for those who have been doing it for decades. Is I have to act like I belong there. The moment I, the first day in there, I had a bewildered look, like Lord have mercy, how did I get here? And <laughs> since then, I just walk in because I do belong because I am there because I am credentialed. And so I have to make sure I put on that game face because that's what they do. They walk in, they don't say a word. They be already getting to go on. Even there are like assigned seats. I've never seen them even look at assigned seats. People take seats and keep going. And because uh, before I'd walk in and say, okay, I'm at seat 61. And I'm like, ah, seat 61 is taken. Let me try this seat. And so now I just mm-hmm. roll with the punches and try my best in these, what, five games I've done to just get there and, you know, and go to work. But it's been, most of them are, are nice, really. Um, yeah. it's, hard, it's harder to talk, you know, through a mask and being all of us are at least 10 feet away from each other. Um, and so like the, the desk are really, or the actual area you're sitting is so separated. It's hard to maintain a conversation, but typically outside after it's over, uh, people will chat up and they're willing to help. And so the people I've met, I've been super fun. It's still weird to interact with them because I'm so used to have looking at the tribune on, on the internet or looking at the sometimes, um, and reading their articles and to be next to them. It's a bit, it's a, takes a little bit to get used to for sure. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Cause, yeah. cause if, when you think of most of those people, you know, they, you, they came up in a lot of ways, probably covering high schools and covering yeah. smaller scale sports and stuff. And then they got to this point where they're pros and they may have known a lot of the reporters who they who they're around now for a long time as well, and yeah. whereas you just sort of got dropped into this this scene, you know, and and you're just making your way as you go along. So it's it's, it's definitely like an uh, you know an initiation factor or somewhere you know you gotta you gotta learn how to how to swim right away and 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 yeah. and look natural. You know, it's not like you know you don't want you don't want to be they say you don't want to bring too much attention to yourself when you don't have to, you know. And, True. You know, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like, it's, you know, and you mentioned too, like, having the experience of reading them and seeing them on Twitter and, you know, knowing, you know, I've only known you for the most part through Twitter as well, mm-hmm. through, you know, knowing you as Flo's Andalini and yeah. 79th for Hallis and stuff. And you guys have done a great job building a following for yourself mm-hmm. and you know online and I just was was wondering like like you know was there any sort of thought given to the fact that you were gonna probably have to when you first was stood first was starting like oh, I'm gonna have to use my regular name. I tell I have to use my Christian name on this. I can't <laughs> be flows in the <laughs> in the uh in, 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 in the in the booth. I, I can't be flows in the uh you know, the press area and stuff, and, and I can't be flows, and I can't, you know, introduce myself like that to the players and stuff. Yeah. And, and also, did, was, does that take some sort of mental, you know, restructuring or, or just 
transitioning in that way because uh, again, you know, like it, it's sort of the difference between you being a fan and being a, a professional journalist. True. Um, you know what? It's funny because it wasn't until uh, through Terrence and Eugene that we met Jared Payton. And uh, mm. Jared Payton, we were on him and um, uh, Sean Davis. They had a podcast um, or radio show actually a few years back. And the first time oh, on State Street, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time he introduced us, it was Scott and Joe Lewis, and I said, "Oh Lord, Scott is known as Scott. It's always been that way for him. He, his Twitter name was right. not complicated beforehand, but mine was based off a childhood nickname and The Godfather of the movie." I said, "Man, I haven't been known as Joseph in you know, like on on Twitter ever." And then I said, "Okay, if I really want to pursue it the way I want to pursue it, I have to be professional. I have my name as Joseph," and so. I was like, yeah, hey, my name is Joe. It felt weird because I was so ready to say it's flows because I'm in a podcast. We're professional, but we're still fans. And we still talk like, man, I, I hate this aspect of the Bears. I hate I hate that I have to deal with this. And so to, I, I guess that's the one area of this that I, I had a little bit of time to get adjusted to being known as that, uh, be, being known as my actual, you know, my actual Christian name. Um, <laughs> but it, it did take a little bit of time to getting used to going from, watching Bears games as a fan to watching it more objectively. Like one of the things I've I learned um, and which Terrence told me immediately, he said, don't make any noise. Do not cheer at all during it. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a little tough for sure. Because I watched <laughs> the first game that I saw, um, who were the Bears playing? I can't remember the Bears first home game this year. Um, it was, uh, was the Giants. Wasn't, wasn't the Giants? We too. Should be. Should be the Giants. The first yeah, time I watched them, there was a third down play that was running Cordero Patterson. I think it was a jet sweep. I was so like, I was so angry. I was like, not this again. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I saw so many other journalists like biting their, their, their lip because they were just as angry. And I realized a good chunk of them, not all of them, because there's some people like Stacey Dales, who's national, who covers so much. They're a good chunk of them who are Bears fans at heart, like all everybody else, but they have to maintain mm-hmm. that composure too. So many of us are from Chicago that yeah, co- you know, that work in these outlets. Yeah. And I see a few of them, you know, come from other states, so it's easier for them to to work. Like I know, like someone like Nick Ferdale, he covered the Bulls, now he covers the Warriors. So I'm sure it's easy for yeah. him to be able to say, Oh man, the Warriors didn't get it done in this area, but it's you know, they'll have this other chance. For me, I'm straight up bears born and raised so it's a little bit hard it was harder mm-hmm. to detach myself at first um but then now i've gotten used to saying well bears didn't get it done and it's helped me relieve my stress as a fan to say well you know i have to look at it from a more objective lens and not be so emotional about it and then there are certain times when everybody in the press box will be uh, excited there there was a um whose touchdown was it oh i forgot who it was i want to say it was one of nick Foles' first or second start uh, at home, and he threw an absolute dime. And all I heard was, ooh, from everyone in the press box. I was like, Man. people are still excited because they're still fans. It's just you have to maintain it. So it was a, it was a little bit of a a learning curve. And I'm still on the learning curve because these are people who have done it much longer. But it is like walking before, your, before you crawl. Um, but one thing for sure is this is fun as these needed the word to describe it. It's absolute fun to cover the team that, the only team that I truly care the most about, like the Bulls' success, I'm happy. I'm happy with the draft pick. I don't, I don't know who necessarily he is. But I'm like, hey, that's cool. With the Bears, I know everything about the Bears because I because I followed them as a fan. Um, so I, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, 
like you say, you know, you're only five games in because you haven't even done the road any road game. You just done the home game, so it's yeah. like, you know, you got a lot. You got a lot ahead of you when it comes to this yeah. stuff. And, you know, it's 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 great, man. I, I know next week you're gonna, you know, they got the Sunday night game with the Packers. That's probably gonna be the most intense game that you covered. Yeah. But uh, you know, to that degree, and like, I, I it's, it's funny that. That uh, you say Terrence told you to watch, go you know, watch cheering in in the press box. That mm. it's, it's funny because you you you're just as likely to want to boo <laughs> your cheer, you know, with yeah. the band. It's like, but but you you can't show that emotion either. It's like mm. you, know, you just gotta be gotta be uh you know quite understated or you know just even killed with that type of stuff. But um you know getting getting into being at the games and. Uh, interacting with, you know, you interacted with the media who you said you feel starstruck with at times. Mm-hmm. You know, how is it, I, I'm guessing you have to feel the same way with the players. You know, how, how has that been interacting one-on-one and or, you know, just directly with players like, the, and, you know, people who I'm sure you admire very much as well as, as anybody involved in this. And I think the first... And the coaches. Yeah. I think the first thing I had to realize was... I can't give them softball questions because I like the team. The mm-hmm. real biggest thing that I had to learn to adjust is to be not a, necessarily just a hard critic, but a fair critic of them. Because the first thing I want to say is, man, I love you all. I'm Joe. I'm born and raised on the South side. I've watched you all my life. A key. I remember when we, when the bears drafted you, like I want to say that, but then I have to think, what would I do if I was watching the game at home? I'd be pissed off and I'd say they run a terrible play on third down. So then let's take that emotion. Let's form an actual good question from it. And so rather than saying, why in the world would you all run a jet sweep? My first question is on third down, it's third and one. You have an opportunity to go up the A gap or a nice, a nice dive play. What was the, what came to your mind when you ran a jet sweep? I had to learn that because my first week I was just saying, why did you run that on third down? <laughs> and it was, I had to learn and say, let me make sure that I'm respecting them in their profession because they do this and they risk their life on the field. And let me actually respect their time and not ask them a softball question and formulate it how a professional would formulate it. So making sure that I don't go easy on them because every fan just wants to know why a team makes this move or why a team doesn't make this move or why a coach makes this move and why a player doesn't make that move. And I think one of the – one of the best things about fans is I think fans have even more questions than the average journalist would because fans, hardcore fans watch them every single time and they're not obligated to, they just want to. And so uh, I try to take that same passion that I have for them and be fair, but also firm. Mm-hmm. And, and this, I think something that we've learned in, in recent years, you know, with, the, the more democratization of media, especially sports media and the blog, you know, taking what was what came naturally with the blogs and sort of uh, refining it to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to use with, with more, you know, established media and stuff. It's, there's a way that you can combine the voice of a fan with the knowledge and expertise and, uh, uh, you know, just the the steadfastness of a, of a, prof- of a prof- professional, I should say, mm-hmm. and, you know, making that into coverage that could, that could, you know, that really fits and, and uh, that is really effective in, 
in a way and not just cheerleading, you know? Yeah. Because, like you say, fans can be among the most knowledgeable people. You know, it's just, you know, you just have that, that, uh, you know, you just, you, you, you just are sort of, you're just not objective in the way that a reporter would be who is trained and, you know, may come from a different area than the team. They, yeah. they may not have grew up rooting for the team that they cover, but it doesn't, it doesn't shut out the fans' perspective just because they're not objective, because they're yeah. more subjective. They just, you know, they just need, they, you know, in, in the position that you're in as, as you, you, like I said, you're attached to the fans in a way, sort of like you're an arm or a leg of the fans that, you know, you're representing them as, because we all can't be there. You know, yeah. you're, you're the one representing us. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's, there's something meaningful behind that, you know? Yeah. No, no, I absolutely, I absolutely feel that, you know, when it comes to being in the room with everyone else who I will consider professionals, I feel like I'm nobody. And it's not to, like, feel low self-esteem or anything. I feel it's a privilege because I feel like I can – everyone who asks it, Joe, you better ask him this week. Joe, ask him this question. Obviously, you only have a limited amount of time, and because I'm not – I haven't been on the beach for years, my questions come here and there. And so when I do get a chance to ask him a question – I try to make sure it's a question that me as a fan, but also every other fan would ask because one of the biggest questions going back to the, I don't know why the jet sweep is on my mind was Cordero Patterson. What's Cordero Patterson's role in the offense? And that's a question everybody's been asking. He's a, one of the greatest returners of all time. How will the Bears use him effective? So I take that question that fans have been have wondering and how me as a fan I've been wondering, use the position that was given to me and then ask away um, because I know when it comes to asking some of the bigger questions, uh, Matt Nagy, what are you going to, are you going to give a play call before this week? Obviously I probably won't get to ask those questions. That's reserved for those who are truly professionals and truly have been doing this for a long time, but I do get a chance to ask a question that is on the, the minds of at least the people that I know. So it's, uh, it, it feels good to be able to do that, but I do think that it's unfortunate that I'm the only person there, you know, especially the only black person there. Because yeah. it, it doesn't feel right when I walk into Soldier Field, then the only black people I see are the ones working security. Um, yeah. When every other face I see, if there is, is a white face. And it's not that they're not qualified at all, but I know there are people who work 10 times harder and more knowledgeable than me by far who should have seats every single where and should be just taken uh, even more seriously, way more seriously than I am. So I really wish there was a lot more. And it's not because of a lack of uh, a lack of black journalists. There are hundreds upon thousands of them. But I really wish the door was a lot bigger for every single person to be there. On top of that, it would be way more comfortable <laughs> at Soldier Field for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and going back to like you ingratiating yourself with the players, like, you know, it, I you saying that at first, like you wanted to, you know, let them know how much you, you messed with them and you know like I think with the players from that point of view. Them just seeing you as a as a brother, young brother, it it it, it means something for them to see you, it just on that level. And on top of that, knowing that that you want to be that you that you're putting in the effort to be respectful and professional, that means something too. Because if you if you were up in there just like you know like you just trying to kick it or whatever, they probably <laughs> wouldn't they probably wouldn't maintain respect for you. But yeah. I think. You know, approaching it the way that you seem to be approaching it, and you know, knowing that they it's, it's, it's a privilege for you to be there and everything, I think that's going to really endear you to 
the Bears and to their staff going forward because that's that's all they they want. They want someone who's respectful and who you know who just does the job right and, yeah. and you know doesn't it's not there like they're trying to take advantage of something. Yeah, no, I I one hundred percent agree with that. You know, um, and I appreciate it more importantly because. I take it as, as if I did not get credential for the rest of forever. I'm I'm glad that I've had five games. This was the greatest five game mm-hmm. run of my life, and I will have never experience again. And I'm happy with that. So every single game where I get yeah. emailed and say, "Here's your credentials for this week," or "Here's your parking pass," I'm like, "That's a blessing. That's dope." Uh, so I take it one game. Yeah, it is. It is. It is fantastic. Uh, and I, I know for sure that. I don't know if I want to go to a, a, a Bears game as a fan after this. I feel like I've taken so much abuse <laughs> as a fan. I've taken so much abuse after watching them. <laughs> I, I would love to uh, to not have to experience the heartbreak <laughs> as a fan anymore. I forgot which – I think it was it the Colts that the Bears played at home, and I watched and said, oh, not again. And I said it to myself, and it's there was a member of the national media who I know was a Bears fan. Because every time, every time a, a Bears play went wrong, I saw it in his face—the anger—and he he he, uh, he looks so distressed. And I'm like, I know what he has to be a Bears fan. And then I asked him afterwards. I was like, Did you grow up in Chicago? He said he grew up in Chicago. I was like, I knew it. I know when I see a Bears fan. That's the pain of watching them for for decades and knowing that nothing's changed. And it was a, it, it was hilarious to work around him. So I should have said, Yeah, man, it's it's, it's a blessing, and it it goes to show how. I think people should act the way Terrence and Gino have. Terrence and Gino are, are professionals that have been doing this for quite a long time. And rather than, you know, keep the spot to themselves, all they did was open doors. You know, all they did was say, hey, you want, can you do this for me? Can you fill out this for me? They were supposed to go on CLTV one day. And they said, Joe, can you fill in for us? I was like, what? Yes, absolutely. And if I was ever in that position, uh, which takes dedication years, I, I would want to do the same thing because – Opening the door and not giving it to anybody and not allowing anybody else to come in that's that's weak. Mm, that's I'm glad you feel that way, man. That's like you said, there's no lack of us here in Chicago who have been doing uh this type of work and you know I've I've done I feel good when, you know, you know, people like Ken and D have been able to go on CLTV and go on the score and you know and and you know people like Josh Hicks and people like that and Sidney Brown have been on CLTV as well representing us. You know, we 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 try to like we had we had Scott on uh D and Davis back when we were doing it on State Street. So we always mess with y'all too, uh mm-hmm. from from an early point. And it, I like we spoke with this with with Gene with Gene and, and and Terrence like we we got we all we got. That's you know you know they say that a lot. You know we yeah. all we got. We gotta yeah. we gotta rep each other. We gotta hold each other up because nobody else is giving us. They're not giving us anything, yeah. and they 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 struggle to give what they what they get us that we earn. You know what I mean they Absolutely. they struggle to to let us have that. So we you know we just gotta keep holding each other up and and shine a light on what what we all do because. We all have a reason for for doing this stuff. We and it's not just to, you know, it's 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 because we have a passion and we and we want to show an example for other uh, people who come from where we come from. You know, because I know there's so many brothers and sisters out there who love sports and and and, you know uh, they they love to talk it all day and and follow it, but 
they don't like like you like you were once in that position where you didn't know how to do it professionally. You didn't know what avenues to take, what people to talk to, to uh, get yourself on. So that shouldn't be the case. You know, it should be more of an open, open path for people, you know, of all, of all backgrounds and, you know, uh, all educational, uh, you know, uh, uh, backgrounds and, and, uh, you know, it, 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 and, and you know whatever money, however money you make, whatever it, it, you don't, you shouldn't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to go to Northwestern and yeah. <laughs> and become you know uh, you know uh, you know graduate with honors from from uh, the school up there, the journalism school up there, in order to get a good job in in, in sports journalism. You should Absolutely. you should be able to have different paths than that. You know? Absolutely. But uh, yeah, oh, wait, you want to say something? No, no, I was agreeing. I was agreeing wholeheartedly. I, yeah. I <laughs> when uh, when one black person gets gets uh, a door open, I feel like the next thing we should do is reach our arm out and keep the door open. That's the best yeah. thing we can do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's great to see you doing what you're doing, man. I look forward to seeing more what you what you doing and uh, you know, on, on 79th and Hallis as well as uh, you know, with the bigs and you know what I. I was wondering too, like you know, how has the work that you've been doing, you know, the game day work you've been doing? How have you been incorporating it with your other work, your podcasting and everything like that? Has how has it affected you as a podcaster and everything, or or you know, just sharing stuff online and stuff like that on, on Twitter or whatever? I think the biggest thing is maybe not as emotional. That's, that's the that's the that's the biggest factor. Um, being a Bears fan. You know, as you and every as we all know, it it can zap a lot out of you, or it can give you a lot. You know, in being a fan, like for instance, when the Bears win, my week is set. My week is set, and it's great. <laughs> when the Bears lose, I start the week off terribly. Um, but then I've learned uh, as a professional that it's sports. I love it to death, but it is not. It should not affect it to the point that I'm starting my week like. Here we go. Bears lost. I have to live with it. In high school, it was understandable. In high school, we had uh, I went to Kiri and we had two people who were Packers fans. I had almost every class with them. And so when the Bears would lose, it's like 2008, 2007. Oh, man, they piled it on. And so my week was terrible. But I was in high school, so you expect that. But now it's allowed me to interact and to also give fans a sense of relief. Like the first thing that we think as fans of something going wrong, oh, this person doesn't care about the job. Oh, these people spend day in and day out. You know, even if you disagree with Matt Nagy or you disagree with any player, Khalil Mack, for instance, Khalil Mack had a bit of a down year last year and he's exploding again this year. It, it's not for a lack of dedication. The fact that they even, I mean, they're better than me. If I was a player, I just did 60 minutes of action that's taxing on my body. I wouldn't speak to anybody. I'd go home and relax. I'd go home and sit in the bath. But the fact that they put in that work and then talk to people, like after the loss, Charles Leno last week, Charles Leno uh, talked to uh, to the media, and everybody asked, "Did you? Did, were you told to do this?" And he saw, "No, I did it because I wanted to." I was like, "If that was me, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I'd be, I'd be so angry." And I said, "These are true professionals, and so it, it's allowed me to respect their craft even more. And if I have a criticism, it makes me sit back and think: Is this a fair criticism, or is this just me being an angry Bears fan?" And so I've tried to let people who are watching and fans know because. Bears fans can be irrational to say, let's remember that this is their work. And sometimes people look at athletes as not human, especially black athletes. 
Um, but I said, man, these yeah. dudes working day in and day out. It's like you telling people telling LeBron, shut up and dribble. Basketball is his life, and he does it to entertain everyone else. And we have to respect their craft and respect that they're humans just like we are. And these dudes have degrees that a good number of people do not have. And so I, re- I it's just allowed me to respect their craft 100%. And when I'm getting angry after us, if I failed at my job, why shouldn't they be allowed to fail at their job too? So that, that's that's the one thing, the biggest thing. And now I watch games with not as much emotion. I can never say I watch a game and be happy if they lose, but I can't watch a game and say, well, they didn't get it done. And I can move on forward. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the sort of thing that, that, that you get it. You know, because I went to J school and I've been I work for newspapers and stuff. So I you get that you get that processed out of you, mm-hmm. that whole that that emotional stuff. Uh, and, you know, there's a like for me, it's a big difference watching the Bears as a grown man than it is than it was as a high schooler and stuff, too. But you still have that the, the roots of, of what that fandom is. Because the Bears mean something more here in Chicago. It's that it, to us Chicago's it, it means something more than most teams mean to their fan bases. So you you yeah. can never get rid of that completely, but you still you have that perspective once you go in locker rooms and and you go face to face with players and you learn more about who they are outside when they take those helmets off and everything. Yeah. And it, it's a valuable perspective to have, and it, it, it at the least it makes you less. Disrespectful online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah. I know my tweets back in like 2011 were probably reckless, and I, I, I hope <laughs> no one ever sees them. But I know I would get irrationally angry. But now I just say, man, 60 minutes and doing this year in and year out. I played three years of high school football. My body is ruined because of that. Imagine me doing this high school, then through three years of college, and then having being like a 10 year NFL professional. I said, I couldn't imagine right. what any of that is. So I have to respect that craft because that level of dedication is beyond what I even can attempt to realize what it is. So, yeah, that's it's, it's a great sacrifice. Yeah. I, oh, it's super sacrifice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But before we wrap up, though, just, you know, get your thoughts overall on the team. And, you know, like I said we're in this bye week. Mm-hmm. They've, you know, they've had a rough go of it. You know, this is one of those times where you got to put those those objective uh, goggles on and be like, you know, because it's the, the past four weeks have been tough. And it's like, yeah, yeah. You, you realize that, you know, especially in the way that it seems like they're doing the same things over and over. And it's like, you want to, you want to be supportive. You want to be, you know, you want to have that objective uh, the, uh, look to it, but it's like, man, why are they, why can't they turn this around? So, you know, in, in your opinion, you know, what, what do you think about this recent stretch? And, you know, what do you think are the possibilities for them to get beyond it once they uh, pick up play next week with the Packers? You know, the first thing that I thought about, and I'm glad you said you got to put on those objective lenses, because the first thing <laughs> that came to mind is, man, I'm one of the few fans who really likes Mitch Trubisky. Like, I want him to succeed mm. because I know what it's like to be in a position and be an underdog. We're not expected to do as well. And so the first thing I said is, yeah, Mitch about to come and he's about to kill it. And then I think, okay, let me let me be reasonable for a second. Mitch has struggled. The likelihood that he he turns the season around highly unlikely. Um, but the only thing the Bears have going for him is that defense is is, is just nasty. Khalil Mack has shown up one hundred and ten percent, and I think he's as playing as well as he did his first year. 
Um, Eddie Jackson, I feel like he's old eight interceptions on the year because he has been there every single time. Jalen Johnson, even though they try to pick on him, he's one of the best, if not the best rookie DB uh, right now. Kyle Fuller's an all pro. Um, Akeem Hicks, even though he's dealing with an injury, he's still one of the best defensive tackles. Bilal Nichols, coming from backing up Eddie Goldman, who's now in that starting position, has held it down. And it, the Bears have had to work with the patchwork on offense. And offensive line actually was not that bad last week. The only issue is it's the quarterback. Nick Foles can either be Joe Montana one Sunday or he can be Trent for the next Sunday. <laughs> And he goes oh, from drive to drive. He could be there. Exactly. One drive. I could say, goodness <laughs> gracious. I know. I see why he won to go MVP. That Atlanta game, that comeback. I was like, wow. I have rarely seen that from a Bears quarterback. And then you look last week and say, what? How did he allow that to happen? And so now that, you know, I, I, Matt Nagy has said all options are options are on the table of getting Mr. Bisky and Nick Foles healthy. I don't think the prospects are high at the moment. I think I better they would win eight games. I struggle to see them win seven games simply because everything starts with the quarterback. Um, the offensive line is banged up, and I do not expect them to be effective. No matter how good I think David Montgomery can be and him coming back from concussion protocol, I don't. I find it hard for them to be effective. They did an okay job in the first half. Even with Cordero Patterson, who is not a trained running back, was not that bad. But the second half, the Wolves did kind of hurt them. But I do give them credit for still – finding chemistry in the few reps that they have. But this comes down with Nick Foles and Mr. Trubisky. Mr. Trubisky has a way better legs. And some of the sacks that Nick Foles took, maybe Mitch doesn't take them, maybe he takes off. But then the other point is Mitch hasn't ran like that since his rookie year or his second year on uh, his uh, Matt Nagy's rookie year. Matt Nagy's rookie year, I mean, he ran any chance that he had a lane open. And I wish he did that. If he was his second year, I'd feel a lot more confident. But because he's not, he's dealing with a tough shoulder. I think the Bears may get to seven and nine or eight and eight. You know, there is a chance, of course, with the Packers losing uh, today for them and the Vikings losing today for the Bears to gain some ground. But unless there is a miracle at the quarterback position, it's football hell, sub 500, but not that bad that the draft pick is great. If the Bears didn't win another game, I'd be angry, but I'd say that draft pick is going to be pretty high for them. Um, <laughs> And the, but if, if they made the playoffs, I'd be happy that they did that with what they have. That that would speak to the testament of their of their core players. So my only hope is they pick either or. Either they just outright be terrible, or they make a good playoff run. If they're in the middle, then I don't know what they can do because I know they have to look for a quarterback again. And middle of the yard just is not going to cut it. Even though this year has a lot of QBs, you need to be top ten if you want to land one of them. So. That's why I think this year. I think seven and nine probably is what I can expect from them. However, Packers, for some reason, I think they win. I do not know why, but I feel like coming off the bye week. the Bears win this next one. I know. It's, it, it seems highly unlikely. But <laughs> well, look, the Packers, they, they're they good, but they don't put together whole games. Like we saw they today. They never do. They never do. Yeah. They, you know, yeah, they, they should have they won this game going away today, but yeah. they, let, they let the Colts back in so it's and like, you know. And when I watched them, I said, huh, this is not what I'm used to seeing from the Packers who typically put away teams and call it a day. Losing in the playoffs, they, they probably typically do, but these type of games they've won. And so I said, this is a chink in the armor. This is a good chance for the Bears to get some division of ground because I think they're one and one in the division. You become two and one, you said a lot better than you were looking, and that would make them, what, six and five. So I feel like 
if Mitch is there, it gives him a better chance to be mobile. And then David Montgomery can go back to carrying uh, the load, which he probably hasn't done since last year. And if that happens, then I can see them winning. You know, division games are always stupid. One game, a team can look fantastic, uh, uh, and then they put the next game they can look terrible. But it seems that at least in the NFC North, every team plays each other hard. And so I think it's a good chance for the Bears. I still don't have high hopes for the season, but I think this is a statement game. It's the, first of all, it's must win. You lose this, you can probably kiss the season goodbye. So and I think I know. I think they think they know that's that's riding. Yeah. Before the Minnesota game, my thinking was that they needed to go at least four and one in the because they got these five. You know, they have five divisional games left. I think I was thinking they need to go four and one. So they already lost the Minnesota game, and like you say, they can't lose this game coming up. No. Or else they really that their hopes really torpedoed in because you can't. You can't build yourself off with any wins elsewhere in the NFC. The only other games, I guess, the AFC South. So mm-hmm. those games are not going to figure much into what's uh, the playoff uh, standings or tiebreakers and stuff. So they got to win these division games and if yeah. they want to have any chance. But but like you know, like you said, I, I know a lot of fans. I've talked to a couple in particular. The you know, the bars being like. He 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 wants them to lose everything else and, and be as high as they can in the in that draft. I took see I, I I I know what you're saying too about being in the top ten for you no know, for getting the best quarterbacks. You know, unfortunately, 2017 proved that even being in the top ten may not help depending on who you pick. But <laughs> but but that I, I do think that the Bears could be in the middle of that first round mm-hmm. and maybe get. No guy that they, you know, they maybe they don't get the first guy that they want, but they could get a solid second option. But you know, yeah. but yeah, they they gotta get a quarterback. They gotta get a quarterback. Yeah. They gotta they gotta tend to that. They gotta tend to that offensive line. Man, I, I've been saying they bargain. They've been bargain shopping with that offensive line, and just yeah. put them in a bad position where they have no depth, no real yeah. outstanding talent on that line. They have a couple of promising guys, but. They don't have any guy. You look at lines like, uh, you know, like uh, Indianapolis line. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the, like the two teams we see in playing now, the Chiefs and the and the Raiders. They both got great lines and they run the ball. Everybody in, who is really doing it in the league right now, they run the ball well. And for the Bears to not run the ball well, it's it, for one, it goes against the tradition, and, it, yeah. and, it's, and it's not. Yeah. And it's not fitting with again with what winning football is is in the NFL nowadays, man. And, and like you said, we got a guy in Montgomery who can run. Yeah. You gotta, but you got to give him protection. You got to give the quarterbacks protection. So you know, it, it it's it's so much ahead that we have to look forward to, and it, and it's that's a little bit disheartening because the thought was that we could win this year. With the yeah. thought we could win, we could have won in, in eighteen. Yeah. No, but you know, and and and, P, and, the, and there's the feeling that with each year passing, that you're wasting another year of this defense. Yeah. And you know, it, it's been a, a like you say, it's been a great. Uh, really, we really got to big up this defense for the effort they made this year because they didn't have to make this this effort like they made. They they really they really put their all into uh, supporting the team this year, but you know. They just haven't got enough from the other phases of the team that they should, so, and, and you know, that's why the team has been struggling. But you know, we, we'll we'll see how it goes. Though it's still an <laughs> sure. opportunity, 
you know, and, and there's still it, there's still a lot of interesting stuff to go uh, to 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 uh, think about and, and, and analyze with this team. It's the reason why I do these <laughs> these streams and stuff every week. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad that uh you know we got another guy like you out there representing us sure. in, in in every fashion, fans, black folks, South Siders. Yeah, appreciate I'm, sure. like, I'm glad I'm glad you out there, man, and. and and I'm, I'm like I'm proud of you and proud of you guys over there, Barber's chair and, and you know the bigs. You know it's, it's always love with them. So support these guys, support what they're doing, and um, you know uh, this. Uh, you know, feel free to plug whatever you want to plug. Oh, yeah. and let people know how to get with you. Uh, you can follow me at Flows and Dolini on Twitter. Um, follow my brother at Barb Chair Scott. You can follow our company. The Barber's Chair Network on Barber's Chair Net, Barber's Chair Net on uh, Twitter. I believe I got that right. Barber's Chair Net on Twitter. Um, 79th and Hollis is our podcast. That is our uh, Bears podcast. You can follow that on Twitter at 79th and Hollis. Um, you can follow the Bigs at It's the Bigs on Twitter. And uh, shout out for Terrence and Gino for putting me on. Uh, shout out for you to put me on on this show, um, opening the door for me to get on this show and talk. So, you know. I'm thankful for every opportunity that anyone lets me uh, uh, talk about the Bears because I could talk about them for hours. So I'm thankful for you allowing me on here for sure. It's my pleasure, man. We definitely uh, got to do this again soon, Absolutely. man. Towards the end of the season, man. So I keep up. I keep up with you, man. And uh, I say again, uh, you know, uh, thank. I say thank to you for coming on, and then uh, good luck with the rest of this this first season. Hopefully, it's not your last. <laughs> Hey, man, who knows? But I'm thankful for the time, for sure. For sure, man. Appreciate All right, man, enjoy the rest of your evening, man. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week out there at Soldier Field. All right, bro. Appreciate it. All right, man. I'm good. Yeah, Joseph Lewis, Flows, and Delini. Uh, great talking to him, man. It's the first time I really uh, sat down with him and talked on a, on a scale like this. So I really appreciate him again coming on and uh just really impressed with uh the the way that he's approached this you know rare opportunity and he's really giving it his all man doing trying to do the best that he can and he's he's definitely representing for a lot of people who uh you know could be there and probably should be there but can't uh, have been given the opportunity so uh you know, it's a blessing for him, and I, and I feel real good that uh, he's been able to uh, take that and abide by it.